Benfica Podcast is one of the founding members of Benfica Independent. Benfica Independent is an independent platform made by fans for fans. And in it, you can find opinion articles, podcasts, including ours truly, and also Mudalidades, if you will. We're also on Patreon, patreon.com backslash Benfica Independent. Uh, where you can get merch, you can sign to get exclusive content and share your Benfiquism. Calma de quem é grande, maior que os maiores. É uma paixão para a explicação. Eu não consigo explicar o que é ser o Benfica. Eu sinto o que é ser o Benfica. Mas de facto uma paixão. E as paixões são assim, vivem-se assim intensamente. Aqui não há nenhuma razão. É paixão, paixão, paixão. Ser Benfica. Até à morte. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Dolby Benfica podcast. My name is Alfredo Fumaças. With me, as always, Cristiano Oliveira. Cristiano Oliveira, como é que é, amigo? Tudo bem? What's going on, Alfredo? What's up, Freddy's? What's going on, everybody? Freddy, Freddy, Freddy's. With us also, Dave de Oliveira. Dave, what's happening? What's going on tonight, uh, guys? Uh, yeah, Freddy's already active uh, in the chat. Some of them uh, calling us out uh, for not being uh, on time here, but we're Portuguese, like uh, <laughs> Nelson uh, says there. Yeah, we're like Axel Rose. We never show up on time. Um, <laughs> Chico Marcelino, Nelson Carvalho, Cesar da Silva, Diogo Reis, Carlos Amaro, Bruno Gil Rodrigues. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for joining us tonight. It's always good when you're here to talk about uh, a win and a tie. Well, I guess a win and a tie. Dave, did that tie feel like a win? Hey, I guess it was a moral victory. <laughs> the way that you and I were looking at that uh, game. Somebody here predicted the... Uh, the correct score line i don't know who but somebody yeah here. don't don't remind him because he spent the whole day reminding people <laughs> that he had he had predicted the right score line isn't that right chris absolutely not to your own horn until that horn was i, I thought i was pretty humble throughout the whole thing I bullshit that once go see, go see his timeline you can see my timeline his don't timeline never go. mind the calls that he was sending out too i'm pretty sure he called you as well he called me he called a couple of people too. Hey. I, I just I, I want to let the Freddies know that please don't go along with any of this uh, fake news. I might have mentioned it once or twice, and that was it. Tops. I mean, I was pretty humble about the whole thing. Because, no, you, you, know, again, you, you mentioned it more than once again, or twice. Again, it's, you know, if my memory serves me correct, it's not the first time I've done this. So, I mean, you guys just don't want to listen. But I've gotten quite a few right over the last couple of months. And uh, Stina, let me tell you something. But I didn't come here to talk about me. We came here to talk about Benfica. Let's move on. There's a lot of things that you get right. But when you get right, you never stop throwing in people's faces that you got it right. No, you make me sound like a scumbag right now. That's, <laughs> no, that, that, that's that not scummy. Not, yes, it is. That's not that, scummy. That, that's that's just right. you because reaffirming I, your 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 I'm correctness. Not, I'm not a saget, like a lot of you guys. And uh, I predict a lot of stuff right. So. You know, when I'm wrong, I'm wrong, and I admit it. When I'm right, I move on. I mean, you make me sound but like... There, but there's people that, when they're right, they just let other people recognize that they're right. You, on on the other hand, oh, uh, if you would have listened to the Befica podcast, well, you would have seen that I predicted it, this and that. I said that maybe twice, and again, if you get as many things right to, as I do... That's I the mean, truth. Put and listen to me. I mean, look, if you can... It's, it's like I tell people, right? <laughs> I tell people all the time. The only people that I know that don't talk about their previous accomplishments because they don't have any. 
Hey, yeah. you know what I mean? But, what do you want me to do? I, I, I'm, yo, I'm smart. I like to let people know I'm but smart. But here's the thing. When you get so much right, I get a you lot. Sh- you shouldn't have to toot your own horn. You should be recognized as the beacon of truth. I have to let everybody know. I have to remind everybody of how smart I am because if people know that you're because smart, if some Freddies just turn this on, right, and they don't, they haven't listened to us over the long haul, and they hear the two of you knocking me, they think I'm just some dummy. So I have to remind everybody that I'm right. That's what it is, Dave. Do me, do me a favor, Dave. Since uh, before, when I go to do, the, I'm going to do the introductions for the show. But pull up Cristiano's timeline for that day, go ahead, Dave. and let's see how many surprise. T- if let's you got see, two uh, of them, let me see how many times you reminded people that he was right. Dave, go ahead. Please. He did call. He did call me because I said, Chris, I want to talk to you uh, after the game. You did and see how you're feeling, and Cristiano called me. He said, Hey, so uh, what do you got to say? <laughs> Like an honorable man, I, I keep my pride. You asked me to call you, and as your friend, I called you. You, <laughs> you said, only called me because you were right. Because you, had you not been right, you wouldn't have called. Why? I've been wrong about George Zeus, and I'm still here. Let's not get into that. Exactly. See, oh, so now. You've been again, wrong about you, George Zeus. You guys want to sit here and speak about your truths. But the facts, you guys want to just no, skip no, no. right over them. That's not what we're discussing here. What we're discussing here is the fact that you were right. I'm always right. You were right. Even when I'm wrong, I'm right. <laughs> you were right. And then you proceeded to remind everyone how you predicted the right score. But, you're, but see, again, I have no problem admitting to that. If I would have done, I didn't do it. Dave's looking up my stat. Dave, He's look it up. Look, right. look up I'm his looking, timeline. I'm looking, I'm looking Dave, there's it. a lot of nonsense. Don't there, f- but yes. Dave, don't forget Instagram also. <laughs> oh, I need some help from the uh, the Freddies on that one. Dude. Go ahead. Just just go to Chris's Instagram. timeline. Go, go to Chris's timeline. My publicist deals with my Instagram and, and see how ma- how many tweets he sent out or uh, saying that he w- he predicted the right score. Thank you, Carlos. Remind everybody, Carl. Go ahead. Go ahead. Why, how come you guys don't don't put any of the positive stuff here on it the was bottom? A very on the ballsy track. prediction. Thank I gotta Carlos, admit, my man Carlos. That's why I love this guy. I love all the all the <laughs> all the Freddies, but. I, I, I was I was, was humble as humble pie, Chris. All right. Out of all the people that I spoke to, I don't two two was an extremely accurate prediction. That I would like for you to explain the logic behind that prediction. My source is inside the club. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they let me down with Cavani, but they they were right on this one. All right. <laughs> No, explain. No, no I'd, I'd like I to know to what, where I your mean, logic back, is, I'm right? Gonna, what do you when you look at the 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 game, right? And you're saying and you're thinking the score is going to be two two. What is the thought process that tells you that the score is going to be two two? I'm gonna do you in the podcast a service here. For those of you that were unfortunate not to listen to it live, and you want to hear my thought, go back. I explained it then. Go back and listen to last week's podcast. I mean, you guys are all. I don't remember. Can you, you explain all, it again? We're going to play this great Manchester City, Bayern Munich like team. Look, and, and, and I said it then, I'll say it again. Is Ajax, 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 whatever the fuck, that's just Ajax, okay? Is Ajax today, as we speak, in a better place than when Befica are in terms of, of you know, uh, leadership and in terms of, you know, the path that they want to be on. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. You know, Benfica has been struggling. We we really don't have any identity. Every single day, it seems like there's a new soap opera. There's accusations left and right. Right now, the club is not in a good place, right? Aside from that, I thought Ajax playing in the very week, right? We talked about it, the VZ, whatever. All you guys were just sitting and, you know, shaking in your boots. And I'm like, 
They're a better team than Benfica, but I think Benfica can pose some threats. They have quality players going for. I thought they could have Benfica could have obviously caused some problems, which they did. I didn't see this 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 phenomenal team that all you guys were seeing. At least at the lose. Now I'm not going to say that Benfica is not going to go into um, Jan Cruyff Arena and and come out victorious, but at the same time we'll get to there. You know, I mean, we still got a few weeks before that game and momentum shifts and the whole night. But I just thought that Benfica could pose a few threats. I thought Benfica had the players that are on a counterattack that they could pose, you know, danger on the opposition, and that's exactly what they did. I didn't, they you know, I mean, look, Ajax played well enough in the first half to to be to be you know honest. They could have come away easily with a 4-1 easy at half time. I, yeah, I agree with you. So, like, that role compressor that you guys were all predicting, it was there in that first half. They played well. I mean, Vlaco Dimos, you know, the all, you know, came up. The I think, posts. I think I'm, I'm thinking of Vlaco Dimos. See, this shit's so long ago, bro. Vlaco Dimos came up against Guimarães. I'm That's where my head is, dude. Yeah, <laughs> that, that we need to start watching the games like the day before the podcast. You know what I mean? So, like, <laughs> we could have our... So it's nice and yeah, fresh. Yeah, because I'm thinking of Vlaco Dimos against Guimarães. But they they had the one off the post, then 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 the dude. I think it was Tadic, right? Put the rebound wide. Um, they had a couple opportunities. Yeah. To, to be fair, then in the second half, I think Benfica imposed their their will. I think Benfica wanted to get a positive result. Also, the opposition made it a little bit easier for Benfica, where they just sat back and allowed Benfica to come forward. Once Benfica tied tied the game, you could tell it was a different Ajax. Ajax didn't want to come out. It wanted to get a positive result at the start of the lose. And you start applying pressure on Benfica. And all of a sudden, Benfica had a difficult time coming out uh, of their own half. But, again, it goes back to what I said. Then I'll say it again. I just said a few minutes. Ajax is a better team as they are today. But I thought that Benfica can impose some danger on the opposition, which they did. And, look, um, we got away with a, with a, with a very lucky. But 2-2 two -two is incredibly precise. Well, because, I, I mean, what can I say? It's not for everybody, bro. <laughs> all right, we're just we're just gonna leave it at that. No, but I'm afraid. But like, uh, Ojo, no, no, no. But, but just to end it here, right? No, Ojo, and I'm not. Look, I, in 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 for those of you that I, I toot my horn, I play. Look, I'm a jokester. If you guys don't like it, I don't know. Follow someone else. Uh, I mean, I don't even talk that much on Twitter. I used to be a Twitter like 24 seven. Now I'm barely ever on Twitter. Whore. I don't even want to say that word. But you, out of all people, should know more so than Dave and the Freddies and and the people that will listen to this later on. You you, you say it often that. I have a way of looking at things that you're even sometimes you just shake your head like this gets retarded, this gets crazy, <laughs> and then like yo, it's just I don't know, it's the way I look at it. Not no better, no worse than anybody else. I'm just me. No, I uh, I just thought that the uh, res the score line uh, wasn't was was very precise because well, when you look at the game, right, two two is perhaps the the furthest score line that I'm thinking of, right? Because has. that means that if he gets to score two goals. Uh -huh. Um, I thought the opposition was definitely going to score at the lose, and I thought that Benfica. I, I could thought that something. too. I yeah, thought that too. Like, they're talking about a team that was coming off a nine-nil victory the previous game, right? Something like that, Dave. It was like they, they were slapping teams left and right. But again, it wasn't about their offensive output. It was that Benfica can pose some danger, and Benfica capitalized on that. Look, we were lucky. Vertonghen, yo, good for him. I, I think, I really do believe he meant to do that. He meant to ricochet off somebody. He just wanted to put it back into the box as hard as he could, and hopefully somebody we know would have a difficult time controlling, and that's exactly what happened. Um, And then I thought with Darwin and Rafa, Rafa had a terrible game in the first half. You can tell, Alfredo. This is the reason why Rafa's still in Portugal. The game, does, which is, I think I tweeted about it, which is crazy. Dave, you're talking about quite possibly the fastest player on the roster, right? And so when I tell you that that game was too fast for him, it makes no sense because, like, wait, this guy's stupid quick. But 
it, there's 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 different quickness in a soccer game. There's quick on a sprint and there's quick with the ball at your feet. And when Rafa, every time he got the ball in the first half, and he'd have two, three guys around him, he didn't have the quickness of get the ball control, turn around, pick up his head. Go ahead, Dave. Dave has it. Yeah. Oh, Crazy yeah, to know. say this, but this game is too quick for Rafa. Without space and time, it's no bueno. Yeah, it's I mean, uh, it, yeah, not, no, it, and, it's a different and I agree. The second half with them sitting back and all of a sudden he had a little bit more space. It's a totally yeah. different game. But again, what can I say? I reiterate. I thought they were going to score goals. I thought we could score some goals. So, hey, I mean, what, what the hell did I have to lose? 2-2. Two, two, why not? Yeah. Um, all right. So we already we started in the middle of, of the game, but obviously you know how, how things go here in the Benfica podcast. Oh, wait, before you go, Dave, what happened? You're not putting it. Was three, there was three mentions of Thank the 2-2 two, two score so, line. So, so he said two. Man, he oh, said oh, two. Sorry, that he, he I was did off two. by one. You you guys were off by a whole bunch of goals. I was off by one two. Hey, I put so I told you I put some money on Chris's score line at halftime. Uh and it, it Dave, what were so the odds, dude? Uh, well, at mm. halftime, the odds were probably higher. Yeah. By the way, uh, just want to give a shout out to my boy Antonio Pita from from um uh, Benfica Barraca. I mean Benfica FM. He also predicted two two apparently, and he put money on it. Anyone you want a nice little little check? Yo, he put a euro down and he won eighty five euros. Really? Yes. On the score line? On the two two at the uh, half. At no, no. Halfway, I guess before uh, the game. Before the game. Before the game. So that's pretty again, good, man. He, look, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's, it's so specific that the odds were incredibly high for a score line like that. So even the 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 guy. What, what do you call the guys that do that? Handicap games. The bookies. And... <laughs> yeah, the, even the bookies thought that there was a very odd. Uh, so I think Steiner's definitely in some you know, kind of a case study. Do, do you guys know this? And this Did is you know? Did you know, Dave? You're a guy that likes to, to to wager a little bit. When you guys say bookies, do you know it's not bookies? You know, there's like one singular beer belly fat dude in a little room locked up in Vegas, and he makes all the lines himself. Do you know that? You guys know that. Worldwide? No, no, that's not true. Yes, it is in Vegas. No, the Vegas odds. The Vegas odds. The Vegas odds. Yes, yes that's what I'm talking. I say Vegas. I see Vegas. Um, up in Vegas. The, the the for for companies that in Europe, which football and or soccer is the the biggest uh, or the, the the sport that gets the most bets on, they have guys. As a matter of fact, I remember uh, listening to a podcast. Um, which they had a guy he that he was a handicapper. That's what you call them. They're handicappers. They're guys that look at games. They yes, do all these studies. They're exactly research. They're handicappers. Yeah, but and, there's only one in Vegas. If, I, I believe that because I I don't know. So I'm just gonna give you the benefit of the doubt. And since you're you're right all the time, I'm gonna assume that you're right I, I now told too. You five minutes ago, even when I'm wrong, I'm right. <laughs> yeah, even a broken clock is uh, right twice a day. Um, all right, let's let's get this started. Uh, Ajax at Stade Luge, first leg of the f- knockout round. Uh, Vlacodimus in goal, Gilberto Otamendi, Vertonghen in Grimaldo, Weigel in Tarapt, uh, Rafa and Everton on the wings, Darwin uh, and Ramos up front. Um, Dave, surprised that uh, that Gilberto has taken over Lazarus' spot, uh, or do you think that there was more of a tactic by Nelson Verissim hoping that he that he could get the speed out of Gilberto to match up with the with the wingers uh, for Ajax. Yeah, I, I actually wanted. I don't know if we talked about it or or not. Uh, whether or not Tara, uh, Tara, 
whether or not uh, Gilberto, Gilberto would be starting there instead of uh, Lazaro. But I like the uh, the move and the results have shown for it. Uh, the last two uh, two games, kind of hindsight uh, 2020 there. But uh, I feel like uh, Gilberto brings a little bit more defensively than uh, a guy like uh, Lazaro uh, does. And uh, he's also been uh, contributing uh, offensively uh, as well. So um, I'm all for Gilberto uh, knocking down that uh, that spot for himself. And uh, Lazaro can either uh, ride the bench or try to uh, make it uh, as a sub coming off the bench, uh, even as a, a right winger or pushing up more the, up the field because uh, I want to see Gilberto uh, going here uh, going forward. Yeah. No, Gilberto fresh off of uh, finishing his mixtape. <laughs> Um, putting on a couple performances, a couple solid performances, one against Ajax, one against uh, Guimaraes, which we'll get into uh, a little bit. But uh, uh, let me tell you something else that I was uh, surprised about. Um, I thought that uh, the, this game would have, um, wouldn't have the, the type of crowd uh, that it did. Uh, very audible. You could you could hear it clearly um, in the in a TV broadcast, and I'm surprised. Um, and maybe people just had the Red Pass Champions League pack and they decided they're just going to go to the game anyway. But as it turned out, uh, it turned out like a, a, a good European night. I, I'm not going to say excellent because Benfica didn't win, but certainly uh, at times you could hear the support of, of the crowd. Um, you could hear the players asking for the support of the crowd because they felt it was there to be to be given. Uh, and I thought that uh, the team responded well to the support of the crowd. And look, if there's anything um, that or, or or something that Benfica can't complain about is is how supportive the fan base has been. Um, but yeah, first half that I thought that um, that Benfica uh, really uh, didn't play all that great. I, I actually thought that Benfica perhaps just like uh, myself and Dave respected Ajax too much. Do you think, what do you, what do you attribute to the first half by Benfica? Do you think it was respect? Do you think it was Ajax with the high block pressure that really conditioned the way Benfica was coming out of the back? What do you, what do you think? think it's a combination of all those things. I mean, at the end of the day, as we said before, Ajax came in rolling Benfica. It obviously been stumbling confidence is it was, was, you know, relatively low for Benfica. The other team comes in thinking they're going to be able to wipe the floor with this team that's struggling of late. They tried to impose themselves. They had that block. They had that pressure. They try to keep Benfica, uh, you know, pushed back as much as possible. And look, to their credit, they got on the score uh, on the scoreboard relatively early. 18 minutes. And it seemed like all of a sudden Benfica was going to be, you know, back paddling the whole rest of the game. But Benfica was able to catch their breath, was able to take that first punch and was able to, you know, start throwing a couple jabs of their own and then, they had to, you know, live up to and, and put up with uh, with the rampage once again from Ajax. And look, in, in order to get these positive results at home after going through such difficult, you know, highs and lows at the same time, but the difficulty with the fan base, with the results of late, the whole stuff with the records coming into the into the locker room, not coming in, and and, and so many question marks surrounding this team of late. It, it it Ajax was smart to try to overwhelm. Benfica. And Benfica was able to take the punches. And in order for them to get that positive result that I thought at the end of the day was a positive result, you knew they were going to be under some type of stress, but they were able to withstand. 
Yeah. I think they made a change. And, and, and Carlos, Carlos before made a comment here. Um, Cristiano doubted himself a bit at halftime because at halftime, I just said, if, if, if our, uh, if the last couple of uh, something like that, uh, uh, something like, you know, with these words, if our last second half, if, if our indications from our recent second halves or any indication or whatever is, oh, I forget what I said, uh, of what's going to happen here, bro, buckle up. Because we've been, you know, we had gone from game after game with two nothing leads and finishing with two two, not playing well in the second half, and so I, I just look. I I guess I'm a jinx, right? I put it out there, and Mifika came out and totally surprised me and the rest of us, and and they played well. Look, there. If the second half of this game is going to be anything like recent games, buckle up, because we know. Right in previous games, things have been pretty interesting in the second half. Yeah, no, and I got to be honest. Um, Ajax's goal was a gift. Uh, it was uh, uh, Grimaldo's poor touch uh, off of uh, of, of Lacolimus' uh, pass. Poor touch got loose on him. Ajax recovered. They came forward. Uh, their second goal was I, I don't I don't know if I sh- if I would even attribute the the blame to Lacolimus on a second goal because I think the ball has a little bit of deflection, but I think that when he when he parries that ball, maybe he parries that ball to the side or, or elsewhere away from the goal. He kind of he parried it and he just left it there. Here's where I don't give him a break. Because if you listen to it again, I'm not trying to act like I'm right, whatever. You know, like you're always right. Before. But if you listen to the podcast over years, I've often criticized the fact that he doesn't catch the ball enough. And so if this is one, you know, one that he parried away and he does this, you know, vis in cuando. I'd give him the benefit of the doubt. But the fact that he never, like, that's one of those you take in the breadbasket. I know it's got some pace on it. It took a little bit of deflection, but you kind of take it like, you know, like a quarterback hands the ball to a running back. You take it in the gut and you squeeze it tight. I thought he could have done that. I understand that it's probably a little bit unfair on my part because it was with some pace. But due to the fact that he's often just to knocking shit over to the side, right? Putting it back into play, putting it out uh, out of play rather than just securing the ball, taking a uh, a breath. Let's all relax. And I thought, you know, he did the same thing in the second half, late in the second half. If you guys recall, and I know we're going to go up and out the game, but since we're talking about Bacodemos, this is something I wanted to talk about, which is if you guys want a perfect example, what I've been bitching about over these last couple of years about Vlaco Dino. Tremendous dude. He's a really nice guy off the field. But at the end of the day, it's about what you do on the field. And I've often criticized this. And in the second half, you guys recall, Benfica is a little bit in his, is, uh, is under a little bit of pressure. Ajax is trying to come forward. They're trying to get that third goal. They're trying to leave the lose with a 3-2 result to go back home, right? Up one goal. And now due to the fact that there is no away goals uh, rule no more, whatever – which I don't like, by the way. I think that's a stupid rule. In in this case, it helps because that's two away goals for, against Benfica, which would have screwed us. And, and and now this next matchup, what is it, the fifteenth of March? Yeah, would have would have looked even that much more difficult. But in the ninety second minute, Benfica's on their back foot. They they got all eleven men behind the midfield, right? They're all trying to defend. And there's a corner kick for Ajax. They cross the ball from from if we're looking from the left to the right, whatever. Um, and it's and it's an outswinging ball and it comes to the top of the box and I believe Tadic gets it, controls it and bends it. Not like Beckham, like Tadic. Bends it second post. And Vlaco Dimos did one of those pop off to the fear. You know, he could have, I thought he had plenty you of time <laughs> even with diving. He could have caught the ball and Mefica's under pressure, guys. This is why to me it's so alarming and I can't believe that other people don't see it. 
right? Benfica is under pressure for like minutes now. And it's just Ajax piling on, piling on and coming forward and corner kick. And all of a sudden, Benfica can't even get out of their own box, let alone their half. And he has an opportunity to catch this. It wasn't a relatively hard shot. It was a, you know, a bender. He wasn't, it wasn't like a, he killed it, you know, Roberto Carlos. It was just, he was trying to bend it around. And he did a good job. He got it on goal. That's the most important thing. But Vlaco Dimos goes up. And rather than catching the ball, yo, letting the team yeah. breathe, let's push up, it. let's go. No, he punches it out. Ajax gets the ball within five seconds. Benfica's again defending, and it's just like under pressure again. And, and, and those are the reasons why at times I criticize Blanco Dimas. The dudes, mm -hmm. and again, the, the Guimarães game, we'll get to that. His reflexes are phenomenal. But then there's just that part of his game that I still can't believe he hasn't developed yet. You know, it's funny that you say that because I actually I didn't catch the game live, but I I did uh, I did download the game and it was a BT Sport um, BT Sport feed that had Steve McManaman and, and uh, Ian Dark as the commentators. And there's a save at the end of, of the game that Vlaco Limo just flies and grabs the ball that Steve McManaman said, huh, that's that's a uh, a photo, uh, a save for the photo. And it's funny because uh, I think Cristiano mentioned that to me before um, or or right after the game was was finished as we were talking about Vlaco Dimas and I hadn't watched the game. And then I'm, I'm watching uh, I'm watching the game and I, it was Stephen McManaman said that I, I started laughing because Cristiano had said the, men, the, uh, the same thing. Um, but getting back into the game, um, I, th I thought that when Benfica goes in, into the, the locker room, and I don't know what, what was said, but understanding that the two goals that you give up are kind of a little bit of a, of a fluke that are almost like an unforced error on your part, and that maybe you shouldn't have respected Ajax as much as you did in the first half, and then also the fact that Vrissi might have said, look at look at this crowd, they're behind you. Go out there and 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 do right by them because so far you've given up two goals on two flukes and this game is still open if you keep playing hard i mean the sad reality is that all four goals weren't forced errors dave any possibility that Vries went into the locker room at the half and told them my wife is pregnant <laughs> <laughs> she's half pregnant we got a test we think but it's a think. COVID test uh, <laughs> yeah i thought listen Whatever he did in, in, in the locker room, it's, it's I'm glad it worked because we've often said it seems like these guys go to sleep. I don't know what the hell they do. But obviously you saw a different Benfica. Benfica didn't want to impose themselves. Benfica didn't want the ball at their feet. They try to control the game. But I think the opponent, and I'm not trying to discredit what Benfica did here no. by any stretch of the imagination, but I think the opponent helped out in that by just, you know, it, it was one of those, look, we're up two to one. We don't really think you can do much with the ball. So we're going to give it to you. And if you can score it, Credit to you. If not, we get out of here with a two to one lead. I, I think there was a little bit of that in them. You know what I mean? Look, we're up two to one. There's 45 minutes yeah. to go. Let's not open up because this is a positive result. Let's try to catch him. Even if we come on a counter, we try to catch him, right? And we keep moving on. Um, but unfortunately for them, unfortunately for us, Benfica was able yeah. to apply enough pressure, create enough chances to, to where then we got the equalizing goal. And then all of a sudden the crowd erupts. I mean, it was just look, it was a fantastic atmosphere at the start of the loose. You know, before you were talking about the the atmosphere and the attendance, and, and I didn't touch on it, but I, I'll throw my two cents here. One thing about Benfica is a lot of the times when things are good, when even you know, obviously the, the support is always there. But when things are bad, Benfica used to shock the world by just showing up and showing their support, even if it's the voice, the displeasure, but at the same time, they want to let 
the leaders of this club, right? The people in the in the director upstairs, right? In the offices, they want to let the players know that most importantly, yes, they're against what's going on at the club, but they're they're not against the players that they're going to be there and support these guys and always going to try to motivate them. And I think that's inspiring as a player. Yeah, I thought that Benfica had a really good start of the second half. They came out wanting to play, wanting to uh, compete. Uh, and I, I thought that, uh, I mean, the goal in the 72nd minute by Yaramchuk, I think it re it reflects that. It wasn't pretty. Uh, that Gonzalo Ramos shot with his, with his weaker foot, off balance. I don't know how he even took that shot. And then the goalie for Ajax making a save that he did. Uh, and again, instead of parrying it to the side, drops it to uh, drops it in front of him. It bounces uh, Yaramchuk with the heads up uh, play. Uh, races to the ball and, and puts a head on it and, and puts Benfica level. Uh, but I thought that Benfica deserved that that 2-2. Uh, and it's true, like as Cristiano mentioned, it could have been 4-1 at the half for Ajax, but certainly the 2-2 result it seemed fair for what Benfica had done up until that point. And right before that, you had Rafa basically with with Darwin on a 2-on-1, and Rafa tries to get it across, lead him, you know, put the ball, and it was just, just, just maybe an inch, half an inch too far. Yeah. Uh, Darwin couldn't get there. Look, Benfica again. They it wasn't one of these performances that you're going to remember for the rest of your time, but it was a good enough performance considering the way that we played in recent weeks. It was a good performance, and yeah, and our and coming out of that game, not only are we still alive in a competition that everybody wants to do well, which is the Champions League, right? But at the same time. We were hoping, and I'm pretty sure the players are probably thinking a little bit of this as well, that they were going to build off of this. This is what type of game against yeah. the type of opposition that's going to give you tons of confidence. You know what I mean? When you're looking over at the opposite side, right, you see this team that's running over teams throughout European football and Champions League, you know, our cross-town rivals. They're in second place, and they, they wiped the floor with them, right? And now here we are standing toe-to-toe -to -toe with these yeah. guys. We're able to, you know, carry our own weight, and then – how are you going to carry that to the next game? You look at a, at a Guimaraes, I mean, it's it's an inferior opposition. So confidence-wise, mentally, you're going to be on a high. So I, I was glad that they played well. I was glad that, they, especially in the second half. I think this was one of those moments where there have been so much negativity in recent weeks due to the performances in the second half, where this time they kind of reversed it. Where the first half was really, you know, they're down it half, but terribly it was, bad. The first half, no, they could have only given up four goals. I mean, it wasn't that bad. Uh, imagine if it was bad, but but in the second half, you know, they 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 turn. I mean, right? They flipped the script. Normally, they're bad in the first, good in the second. I think this time was the other way around. And so, it, it was glad. I was glad to see it. It was a good performance. Yeah, good performance. and I I often talk about this here on the podcast. And when you when you play against a, a, a team. Um, that at the end, at the end of the game, you feel that you could have done more, uh, and I think certainly after playing this game against Ajax, I think that Benfica has to have um, some much better confidence than they had going into this game at Stade Luge. Dave, do you think that the fact that Benfica knows that they can now compete with Ajax, albeit in in, in their own pitch, do you think this will play into uh, Benfica's favor when they we, uh, when they travel to uh, to the Netherlands? We hope so. Even even if uh, they go to the Netherlands and don't get the result that uh, they need to move forward, I hope this is uh, gives them the jolt uh, here for the second half of the the Portuguese uh, league. There's still lots of uh, games to be played in the in the league, and games, we already. Um, 
I ten, believe. Ten games, dude. That's yeah, right. Ten games, and um, you know our our crosstown rivals. They've been uh, dropping points uh, as well uh, lately. That's one thing that last year uh, they they did win the uh, the championship, but they weren't they weren't in many competitions, right? They didn't make it uh, into Europa League, right? So they could concentrate on the league. You see a totally different. Uh, sporting this season where they got to play every three four four days right and that uh that stuff catches up so they're dropping uh points uh this year which they weren't last year and finally good to uh to capitalize at least this weekend but i hope this uh ix uh, result gives them the uh the confidence that really in the portuguese league they uh should be uh, dominating uh any any team every uh, every weekend here yeah, and 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 oftentimes you you see the uh, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyder in, in when teams go into these different competitions. I remember, and I remember discussing this with somebody that uh, there was a year in which R Ronald Koeman was our coach that he did very well in the Champions League, and then uh, domestically he, he was piss poor. Uh, but in the Champions League, I think he, we lost to Barcelona in the quarterfinals, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but he was able to have a, a nice nice run in the Champions League. But this was all that Benfica was good at this year. Uh, but certainly, I, I think that Benfica goes into the Hoyan uh, Ho, Cruyff. Johan. 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 Ajax. Ajax. Hoyan. Cleaning. Uh, <laughs> Croy Farina with uh, a little bit more more confidence. I'm not going to say that it's going to be easy. I got I got a question for you guys and, and the Freddies. If anybody, if you guys don't know, because I I mean I don't know, so I'm not sure you guys know anybody. But if anybody knows, um, because I know that that the, the Netherlands right now, the Países Bajs, the lower nations, or what what's the other word that you can go by? That's it. Holland. No Netherlands. Okay, Países Bajs. Um, that they were one of the stricter. Uh, strict, strictest, stricter, strictest, strictest, strictest. That's the thing. Thank you. Strictest countries in, in Europe in terms of the whole COVID situation, in terms of attendance at stadium. Has that been lifted or are they going to have a full Carlos arena? Could probably answer Do they that have question. a percentage? I don't you know. I mean, because Carlos could probably answer they that. Only question. allowed, you know, 25%, 50% of, of yeah. I don't, um, I don't know because I caught a little bit of their game before Benfica. Uh, whatever team they were, was it Wilhelm? They were, they were wait, playing. You mean to tell me? Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You mean to tell me, you guys, I'm watching the, the, the whole uh, Ajax playing? You guys were all predicting they were going to steamroll Benfica last week, and now nobody's watching them guys play. Well, we we uh, we, pre we, we predict that based on uh, what they did in the Champions League in the group stages, and also what they've done domestically. Um, I think in the in the the group stages they were the team with the highest number of goals scored. Yeah, they they no, they, yeah, they're both they they're like what fifty plus they're plus fifty I think. No, plus thirty I think. No, I think it's fifty. Hey, Valai. Dave, Dave's the group stages, the, the group the stages, what Ajax did. Uh, well, Carlos could probably end. My Carlos, well, uh, so Carlos sorry, is I a gynecologist, bro. He's not a he's not a yeah, scientist, okay. bro. Well, <laughs> what are you guys looking at? Uh, at? I was looking at what the uh, Amsterdam travel uh, restrictions are, or what restrictions they have. What did you uh, want? Ajax's stats for what? Group stages. I mean, how many goals did they score? How many did they allow? Um. But yeah, we'll have uh, plenty of time they, uh, to. Uh, go ahead, Dave. They scored. Uh, they scored uh, nineteen and allowed uh, five. 
Yeah, so you were no, close. A, a plus 50. You were close. No, that's Champions League. Yeah, Champions League. I wasn't talking plus 50 we're Champions League. We are talking about League. Champions League. The, for, for the plus 50 in the group stage, you say, sell record, Epa. Come on. Next is that, I'm talking about you in the no, I was talking about no, league yeah. at home. In the league, it's plus 90. Yeah, no, it's 71 for and seven against right yeah. now. In the league. So it's a little bit exactly that's the numbers are not Champions League for this. He's a record. Champions League, they, they had a pretty good, nice goal differential. What was no, it? Dave? But if he has a score 15, 19? 19 and five in the group, 19 team. and five, dude. But if he has a score 15, that, you were close. that ain't 50. But if he has a score 50 goals in the Champions League combined the last 10 years, bro, <laughs> Jesus Christ, that'd be a record, maybe against. <laughs> yeah, but we'll have uh, we'll have a little bit more more time to uh, to discuss uh, Ajax or to preview Ajax in advance. Dave, stats for this uh, game, bro. Yeah, for sure. I think we uh, touched upon it there. Yaramchuk uh, uh, returning to the uh, score sheet with his first goal in uh, six games. Last goal that he had scored was against uh, Porto at the uh, Stadio Dragao on uh, December 30th. So was uh, a little bit of a goal uh, drought there for him. Good to see him back on the uh, score sheet. And uh, I think somebody, one of the Freddies already mentioned this, but following the uh, 2-2 draw, uh, on Wednesday, Ajax uh, later lost 2-1 to uh, Go Ahead Eagles. Uh, There's a team the, called Go Ahead Eagles? Go Ahead Eagles. See, if only all the teams we played had l- nice, simple names like that. That one I can't butcher. You know go Ahead team? Eagles. Yeah. Go Ahead yeah. Eagles yeah. from the Redivisie. Voila, voila, yes. Voila, voila. Look, look. I, I, I've been sitting here waiting. Dave, I just thought that you kind of mistyped that. Or is Google <laughs> autocorrect when you sent that email? Go ahead, Google Eagles. translation. Yeah, yeah. But, but so we're all gonna sit here and not talk about the elephant in the room, right? We're just gonna act What's like what's the elephant in the room? Another performance of the drops player to match. We, just, we, just, we don't even talk about. There we go. There we go. So let's. You know, see what I was talking about. He loves tooting his own horn. I didn't play. He played. Yeah, but you're a supporter of that. Up should be the first name on the roster on the starting eleven. I should have just let you bury yourself and like sit here and drool all over Gonzalo Ramos, and then I would have mentioned it. But I did I even mention Gonzalo Ramos. I saw your notes. You were going. You just it's behind that page. No PK on Ramos. That's all I wrote. You think that's a PK? No. I didn't think it was a PK. I thought you say no PK. Like I thought. Okay. Yeah. You want to discuss. No, sorry, sorry. See, I thought I was hosting again, so I started asking questions. No, you can still ask questions. No, but uh, without hosting. No, I, uh, I people were clamoring for that PK. I don't, I don't think that was a PK on Ramos. I, I don't think it was a PK. I, I mean, he, I, I didn't he tried to make that. a meal of it. Timo, leave that alone. Timo, stop. <laughs> leave that alone. Timo, Timo stop. What, what's Dude, Timo saying? I don't know. These guys are talking about backup goalies on the B team. Stop. Epa. <laughs> stop. Stop. Epa. Uh, but yeah, so I didn't. I didn't. It, <laughs> I didn't. I don't know. I didn't think it was a penalty. No, I don't think either. I don't think so. Um, I thought that uh, th- there's a mistake there by the referee that that could have changed the whole. Um, I didn't see another angle. Com- complexity. No, the the, the 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 that Brazilian guy, which is a- Anthony. Ant- I don't know that. Antonio in Brazil. Anthony. Anthony. It was Borracha. Anthony. It's called Antonio. Uh, she forgot the O. Yeah, so uh, I actually, I w- I hadn't watched that that guy play to be honest with you, and and I was very surprised by by him, and I think he's going to be the the one of the next good and freshest things Ooh. to come out of Brazil. Antonio, that dude's phenomenal. Yeah, uh, and I thought that he, that play that he had with uh, what was it Gonzalo Ramos when they went head to head, 
and he went. He did. That could have been his second yellow card. Oh no, 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 that was that was Darwin. And Darwin, Darwin. Darwin's the second time he's pissed me off. He pissed me off as a third last year when he, when when Pep is going around <laughs> slapping everybody and he's like, oh, helping him up. And now the guy headbutts him and he gets up and he's all smiling. Yeah, it's okay. I, I thought get out of here, Darwin. If the referee gives a yellow card there, I thought that uh, he's out. He's out of the game, and I think there was still twenty minutes to go, and then he's out for the next round. Uh, and to be honest with you, between him and Tadic, I, I think he, he's extremely unpredictable, uh, very fast, very quick, uh, explosive first step, good on the dribble. I think that he could have created a lot more. He's awesome. He's that, really good. That dude's going places. He's going places. He's, he's going. going places. Um, he's going where uh, Paul Bernardo – oh, no, sorry, wrong player. Gonzalo <laughs> Ramos. Oh, sorry, wrong player. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. He's going where they say Shaw Academy's going. They're, they're all going. Now, nah, but he's yo, he's he's got that sick. I mean, he is the type of player that I enjoy. Why? Because he's got Jinga. Productive. And he's got Jinga. And bro, it's like the type of guy you want to buy a ticket to go watch, Dave. True or nah, not? He's, he's like, really Dave, good. you over there in Canada, eh? When you play, you play to go watch Matthew score goals. You play to go watch Connor McDavid, right? Because those guys, they'll they'll play, you know. From a little play, they'll turn out to some spectacular that you'll be you'll be thinking about, dreaming about for the rest of your yeah, life. I thought he was Those phenomenal. Those are the special guys. He didn't have that moment. He didn't have that moment at this in this game. I don't believe. We no, thought, but he, he, he had he a would, couple right? moments. Yeah, but well, he had a couple moments, I, I man. Th- I, I think at home, I think Grimaldo. Look, Grimaldo in these games, he talked about. I talked about Rafa earlier about the game being too quick for. Him. In these games, Grimaldo is just, bro, he just. Like, He's a boy amongst men. He leaves a lot to be desired. Yeah. Diogo, Turning our attention to Kinek uh, Fasimbara. Oh, Diogo Reyes, he always has to leave around this so time. We, Where we did have, he go to bed? We have, no, he's going to work, man. Oh, he's going to work. He works at night? Yes. No. Sorry he's to a, hear that. He's a mall cop. He's uh, a mall cop? I don't know. I'm Paul Blart? I don't know. Um, what was I going to say? We have conflicting reports here with the Freddies. What's that? So. The gynecologist Carlos Amaro says, according to the Guardian, Netherlands still imposing reduced capacity in restaurants. Yes. No mention of big venue type of establishments. Okay. And then Timo with Suriano, get new pitch, bro. That that draining system shaky. Uh, no more quarantine requirements for visitors, but they do require negative test and proof of vaccine. Phenomenal. What I, I, guys? I'm talking about the stadium, Johan Cruyff Arena. Yeah. So what Timo's saying that there's no restrictions as long as you got a test, you could get in. That's how I understand it. But when you go to the lose, you need the test and you need the app. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, they've gotten a little bit more uh, looser on that, according to what my dad told me. Um. All right. Turning our attention here to the Guimaraes game. Cesar which... says he gets stepped on. It's a penalty. I thought that he kind of made a little bit. I, there's some contact over there, but he kind of. I think that when he makes a meal out of it. Like you're saying, kind of, he's making a meal out of it, hey? Yeah, he makes some poutine out of it. I think that uh, that kind of takes away from some of um, some, from the imp- interpretation of the referee. All right, Guimaraes. Uh, starting 11, Vlacodimo, Gilberto, Murato, Vertonghen, and Grimaldo, Maite, and Tarapt, Rafa, and Everton, Ramos, and Darwin. Of course, uh, both Otamendi and Weigel uh, being suspended for this game, serving their um, yellow card accumulation yep. suspension. Uh, so we, I guess we really, I, I knew, we knew that Maite was going to play because we really didn't have anyone there. And then Tarap, who's had I don't a hot know if foot. We knew, we knew. They, the, the newspapers, 
<laughs> made so much but i don't know the kid's name and i'm not trying to be disrespectful but okay, okay, okay. the kid that the six from the b team that got promoted and, Ooh. and the guy got called up That's to game. Luke, man. Oh, I know what you're talking about, but that, he would never get that start. That's I, what the, yo. But I understand him joining the team because the other two go, guys couldn't play. I'm making this up. The newspaper covers said that he may start. They, that's the guy. Yeah, there was a lot of speculation that he might start because that's the guy. I'm telling you. Yeah, no, I I always thought that Maite was going to play, and uh, and and Tarap we we Tarap we we questioned in terms of Ajax, and I thought I said I don't think Tarap is going to play for Ajax because I think he, that uh, Verissim is going to go for something a little bit more defensive, but hey, kudos to him, and he's going with the guy with the hot foot, and certainly Tarap right now he's going through a good spell of form. So he didn't have a great game. Why not? Game, keep, but 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 I tell you this much: the guy who did, who I thought had a really good game, considering he's barely played all year, cool. and it's now his third start on the Verissimo, more starts on the Verissimo than obviously on the JJ, is uh Mate. Yeah, Mate had a well, really good game. I think that Verissimo is already he's already publicly said that Mate is not a six. That and look, um, we don't have one. I I I, I I enjoyed. I gotta say, I enjoyed Mate. The first goal. Is a ball that he that he that he shifts to or that he switches to Gilberto on the wing. Uh -huh. Gilberto, Gilberto hits that cross and Ramuz uh, hits the ball and and Varela hits his hands and goes in. Uh, Where did I see that? Wait, wait, it happened again? Nah, Varela. <laughs> no, but this one was in. was less uh, was less. He owes us a couple of points for the points. That he, he owes lost, us right? a couple points. Um. Yeah, but I, I thought that uh, I thought that Mete played pretty good. Nelson Carvalho here saying uh, one uh, uh, one third capacity limit stadiums in Netherlands. So, Pronto, já sabemos então. Vamos ver, vamos ver se o Nelson tem razão ou não. Para a semana leva nas orelhas. Yeah, no, I think that um, I, I thought that Mete played well. Um, look, I think again, um, start the game with two chances, two clear chances for Guimarães that Vlacodimos does extremely well. Uh, to defend, the right? Stupido up top. <laughs> stupid on. Oh, stupid. Oh, yeah, that guy up top. He he can't. If that guy had any, had, if he had any type of finishing ability, Benfica's down 2 0. Always with the speed behind the balls behind um, the back of the defenders. Always with the speed, man. But I was surprised with, with, with Morato in there. I'm surprised that that happened. It came, it came away on a the second one came from Murato's side. The, the the first one came from Vertonghen's side. Um, but yeah, uh, and it, it was it was good that uh, Vlakodim saved those balls because it could have been a different story. I mean, Alfredo, with all due respect, he, look credit to him for putting himself in that position. But if if Stupidon just places it two inches wide, I mean, the dude literally shoots it. At, you had the whole go to shoot at, and you shoot at the goalie. It just look credit credit to Vlakodimus, but again. It could have things could have been real ugly, but luckily, right? Australia's versus think that no slado, and luckily, it didn't go against us. I thought Morato would have been would have made a difference with his pace, but in this game, I thought he got caught uh, a napping times, yeah. a couple of times. Vertonghen, we know what it is. I, I see uh, Red Baron over here talking about that. Both opportunities were due to to to, to lack of of um, of you know marking in the midfield uh, because of my dad. But again, a guy that's barely played, and it's not an excuse, but. At the end of the day, a guy that's barely played, you know he's going to be rusty, but you can't have these types of teams come into the lose, regardless of the current form, impose these types of threats. Yeah. I mean, it's just unacceptable. Um, and look, luckily, 
in this game, Vlaco Dimos was in the right place at the right yeah. time. Credit to him for keeping Benfica in the game. Yeah, and then uh, I Benfica didn't play particularly well in the first half, but they were able to get two goals. Uh, but, I, you know, like I mentioned, the, the game could have gone in a different direction had Stupinan put those balls away. Um, but but I think that uh, the second half, I think that that, that initial first 15 minutes um, – Benfica, sometimes teams come out and said, well, if we could score one now, we could rattle this team. And, and what their mental state is like currently, it'll be easy to get inside their heads. But the fact that Benfica scored their third goal in the 52nd minute off of Darwin PK. Didn't they have an opportunity in the 47th or something like that? They had um, one. Or am I confusing game? Bro, that's what I hate about. No, so it's you're thinking about Ajax was the one like in a in 47th a, minute, right at the beginning. Wasn't it? I thought it was. I, I well, it was a, it was a, for for for, for Gimaraes. Didn't they have an early opportunity in the second half? In the second half, I don't remember. I don't remember. They just like every team does, they might have. But uh, <laughs> in the fifty-second minute, us grabbing the third goal, I think that kind of settled things um, for Benfica, and I, I think it. I think it helped. I think it helped because then, by then. Uh, you're in their first 15 minutes of the second half, as I mentioned, and I think that uh, they really uh, took a lot of hair out of uh, anything that Guimarães had planned uh, for the second half. Um, but yeah, and I then I thought that Benfica just did okay, just managed the game. I didn't think the team was ever in, in danger. Dave, what um, what'd you think? What'd you think of the second half, man? Yeah, second half for sure, especially uh, like you said, after we get that that penalty, the team is kind of playing uh, freely, right? You see these these uh, chances that they're creating. They could have scored another two after the yeah. uh, the penalty, and then uh, uh, I know uh, we'll probably touch upon it the the substitutions that happened, but uh, I'll touch upon the the negative on the substitution when Juan Mario gets brought into that uh, the game. It's <laughs> It's totally different. Uh, it's not a free-flowing uh, game as it was, or if it does, as soon as the ball gets to João Mario's uh, feet, the uh, the any offensive creativity dies right there amongst his feet. But uh, really, uh, really night and day to see how uh, João Mario at the beginning of the season looked for this uh, team. And um, yeah. right now, I don't know if it's lack of confidence or maybe CZ doesn't have the support amongst this uh, new coaching staff, but... Um, night and day performance uh, from Sean Mario as of lately. Yeah. Let me stir the pot up real quick. You guys think that was a penalty on... Um, yeah. On uh, Ramos? Yeah. Let me see. Penalter, penalter. I don't think it was a penalty. Penalter. And that that miss by Rafa, the one that he uh, that he slides. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it's a penalty. There's contact there. Yeah, there's contact, yeah, bro. Going. It's from yeah. the back. No, there's right? contact. That's bro. not, bro. There's contact. Okay, you ask my opinion. I don't think it's a penalty. Yeah. For me, a penalty. A penalty to the dish. I don't think it's a penalty at all. Um, But yeah. um, let, Let's. Yeah. Jean Mario is. Contact right there. Yeah. Jean Mario, there's. He, he does continue with the ball, but I think that the the second guy catches him. Um, if 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 there's guys that have that have kind of risen as JJ is has left, uh, I think one of the guys that has gone down has been João Mario. Uh, Xian, what do you, what do you attribute his um his his current form on? You think it was 
something where he was he was kind of burned out with the minutes that he was playing. Uh, then he had that he had COVID, uh, and then he was never really the Joe Mario that we saw earlier on in the season. Or you just think it was just Joe Mario being Joe Mario, the Joe Mario that Sporting didn't want anything to do with. I think that the Joao Mario we saw at the beginning of the season was not the real Joao Mario. I think he had the adrenaline every day. I think it was something new, playing for his boyhood club. And JJ Porto. Boyhood club? You you can him, confirm him, that? Yes, him and his brother were big time. If he keeps just growing up in Porto area, just so you know. Um, yeah, I, I thought I, I, I thought JJ put him in the right position at the right time, and you know, confidence wise, he was ecstatic to be in a new place, but. I think what we see now is more is closer to the real Joao Mari that we've seen in years past, right? I mean, there's a reason why the guy that had been basically, you know, with the exception of going to Russia, where he played a locomotive, right? Moscow or something like that. Mm-hmm. I, I think with the exception of that, I don't think he had a good spell for in years. So I think he fooled us. And, and credit to, to him and credit to, to, to Sporting for realizing that um, this is not the player we all anticipate uh, that we all thought he would be. But, again, it's a long season. The guy played a lot of minutes. I think we talked about it here often on a podcast where he, like, in December, not in November or whatever it was, my man was already at, like, almost 2,000 minutes, and he only played, like, 2,500 minutes the previous year. So maybe he's a little bit burnt out. The team has changed a little bit. Obviously, Verissimo, um has returned to a 4-4-2. He's in the middle by himself a lot. He doesn't really have the ability to build up play where Adele does, right? Adele gives you that 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 Zinga gives you that ability more more of a vertical yes, approach. That he's direct. Joao Mario is a guy that when Benfica's got a really good midfield, he can play there because he's another guy that's gonna rotate the ball, be at the right place. You know, he's gonna resultado. He's really good at that. Yeah, holding, keeping the ball. The problem is that the way Benfica have played this season, we found ourselves trailing. We found ourselves tied in a lot of situations where we needed to go for it, and he wasn't able to give us that. And so then all of a sudden, confidence starts to dwindle, right? There's other guys behind you that are taking advantage and making the most of their opportunities. COVID didn't help out, but if you recall on the first podcast we did after Benfica signed them I said then and I repeat now João Mario is a guy que indifferent que não faz nada bem e não faz nada mal he's there mm-hmm. and right now on this team where we need a difference maker and you got a guy that's just there he's going to stand out like a sore thumb yeah yeah along with that uh, João Mario substitution Yaramchuk uh, also came in and Look, if if there's things that that make me uh, proud to be a Benfica East and, and that kind of uh, speak about who Benfica is at the club, and, and granted, this could have been done by any club, but it's something that's very typical of Benfica. So Yaramchuk comes in. Obviously, everybody knows what's going on uh, in the Ukraine. Uh, comes in. Um, Luizão tells him that he's going to get the captain's armband as he's about to come in. Vertonghen takes the cart, the captain's armband on, puts it on him. He comes in on the field. The whole stadium gets up, and the whole stadium starts to to clap. And there's an extremely emotional um, moment. And I think that if you're watching that live, and, and you understand everything that's going on at 
at the time and, and what the Ukrainian people are going through, um, I think it, it tugs at the heartstrings and, and you can't help but to get emotional about just the, the emotions that he showed uh, as he felt the outpour of support by Benfica, uh, by Benfica fans and in, 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 uh, in the stadium. Um, the video or the images of, of that moment have, have gone viral. Travel the world. Travel the world uh, and uh, multiple news stations publicizing. And, and it's something that uh, it makes me proud to be a, not only a Benfiquista, but makes me proud to be uh, a human being. And it gives me hope uh, that humanity is, is not lost when you see actions like that. Um, but certainly it's something that, that fits very well with, uh, with the Benfica fabric and Benfica's DNA. Uh, these type of things are, are things that I've kind of grown up watching. Um, we had the, uh, unfortunate unfortunate uh event of of uh Fahir's pass passing is is another extremely emotional moment but there's there's been a lot of moments in Bifiga's history where it it kind of it appeals to the humanity uh, of people uh and i think that that's perhaps the the purest feeling that you could have uh, uh, an emotional feeling that you could have is that things that happen spontaneously uh and that as a Benfiquista, you're kind of caught up in the middle of it. I mean, if you're watching that game on TV, because in person, I spoke to a lot of people that the game they didn't realize or they didn't see it. But if you're watching that game on TV and you didn't have an emotional reaction to it, you don't have a heart. I couldn't hold. I mean, when I seen them. His lips, quit, you know, you see the yeah. tears in his eyes, bro. I, I, I couldn't fight back the yeah. tears. Like I had tears in my. It's one of those moments, man, that are going to stick with you for the rest of your days. There are things that happen throughout our lives, right? That you're always going like you, you, you know, Dave. You're a little young, but Alfredo, you know how like you're in your car. And the song comes on, and you're like, shit, bro, damn, I was 19 years old. You're <laughs> always going to remember that song. You're always going to be at a place, right? First time you heard it. You're always going and, and this is one of those moments. There's things at 9-11. Yeah. I will never forget where I was, what I was doing, what I was wearing, what I what I was saying at the time that that happened. This this yarm truck thing, for the rest of my days, yeah. I'm going to remember that I was where I was watching it, with who, you know what I mean? These, these are... This is what Benfica, moments like these is what the tradition, the, the 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 respect, the great rich history of Benfica was built on, was on moments like these. Benfica always knew how to appreciate, always knew how to think, uh, how to thank, uh, you know, the moment. And give relevance to that moment. And, and, and again, this wasn't planned by the club, I think. The gesture by the club to give him the arm, the armband. I thought that was phenomenal, right? I it was a sign of support. It was a sign of support. But what made it special was once again the fans at the side of the lose, which was only like thirty nine thousand. It wasn't even a sellout. But the fans, they made that, as you mentioned before, the humanity. They made it a moment because everybody, with that, you know, with their applause and their standing ovation, were showing him that they're with him and his people. It wasn't about. Yaram Chuck, the Benfica player. 
It was about Yarmchuk, the Ukrainian, and his people back home going through devastation that none of us, thankfully, could ever imagine. We, I mean, I haven't lived through that, and I'm, I'm thankful, and I don't believe any of us here uh, have lived through 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 those types of situations. Um, and I think that was special. The fans made it a special moment, and uh, I'm glad that Yarmchuk was able to feel that warmth because yeah. it, it's got to be difficult. It's got to be difficult for him and any Ukrainian, whether you're in Ukraine, outside of Ukraine, it, it's it's got to be a devastating uh, feeling to to have to live through that and have to go through that on day to day. Yeah, look, it, it it's one of those moments that, uh, as Chris mentioned, we'll remember forever. Much like uh, you know the the game against Porto um, after uh, Benfica after we lost to Zebu. I I think those are things that that will remain in, in, engraved in your mind. But Benfica, you all went into everybody went into the stadium. No one they were going to get to their opportunity to say they're going. Oh, you talking about the game or the, the game? Oh, the game. The I'm, game. I'm, I'm thinking about when the right. The but I mean, you look at the game and you look at you know all, yeah, all the, the players wearing his abu. Yeah, it's different in this it, because the game was premeditated. Yeah, yeah, it was. This but, was this was just yo. This was burning. It was it was premeditated, but I think that the reaction in how. The whole imagery tugs at your heartstrings. See, it's look, something that you, it, it's hard to forget. Was going into that game, I think it would have been easy for any of us to predict that things were going to be emotional, and that yes. if you ever knew the team was going to show up for a game, you knew that was going to be it, right? Yes. I don't think, and and if you guys did credit to you, I did it. I didn't. Even, it didn't even cross my mind until I seen them warming up. That you know, because you're so focused on a game. Yep. It didn't even cross my mind that something like this could even happen. Yep. And then I said, okay, oh, he's warming up. He's going in. Oh, man, shit, how is he going to deal with this? Because yeah. there's a lot of players that don't deal well. I mean, these guys don't want to play. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm wondering if he's up for it. And so this was spontaneous. To me, the greatest yeah, feeling was, in the it, world is spont spontaneity. I, I mean, that It was spontaneous. Organic. But I think that the reaction of the crowd and his reaction, I think, is 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 it it, it kind of – emphasizes the whole situation i think uh and, and look it was it was a beautiful moment and uh it, it made me proud to be a benficista and it made me proud that benfica and the fans there were showing the support that uh they were showing dave how did you yeah, uh see that moment did you did you were you cutting onions at that time the only thing that i would add is that it uh it happened at a perfect spot in the match right we're up three nothing we've got control of this match i would hope that we'd still get that same reaction if it was a still yeah, a draw if you're down three nothing if you're down three nothing i hope we still get that reaction but i yeah. think the crowd was already um, that much more hyped and that much more animated because we were feeling confident up three nothing and um, being able to afford that time to take uh, take the moment to show the support to uh, Yeremchuk. But um, yeah, this is this is just one of those moments where you're you're proud to be a supporter of this uh, this club here. We often talk about the uh, the shit that happens outside the uh, the lines and. Uh, many times we've been um, accused or presidents have been accused of money laundering and, and crimes. But this is one moment that uh, has gone worldwide. Like we've said, it's gone viral. And it, we're proud to say that's that's my club, right? That uh, I'll share that uh, over and over, over again because that's uh, that's my club. And 
Um, we don't have those off those moments too often as of late, but uh, yeah, this uh, this is just another reminder of uh, why we support this uh, this club here. One thing we mustn't forget is that for years and years, the one thing that's made Sportage Benfica the great club that it is was its saucies, what's its followers, was its fans, and once again, the gesture by Benfica to hand the armband was fantastic, but what made it a special moment a moment that we will never forget for the rest of our lives was again the fans that had nothing to do with the club this was the fans that made that a special moment and with that my message to the fans is very simple dave and this is it so 100 single benfica used in that stadium because they had the awareness right they had that kindness inside their heart to realize that this was a moment that they needed to show support because, as you said before, the humanitarian, it, it, the, the, humanitarian the humanity, this is bigger than a sport. Yeah. You know, I, I talked about it in weeks past with, with, with you know, about Hugo. Benfica is, is, is the most important thing in our lives of our least important things. Coisa mais importante, as coisas menos importantes. Because the end of the day, still a sport. These people are children of being, you know, I mean, it's just it's 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 uh, um, it's sad. Bro. All right, it's, all it's right. Um, three points in a weekend where both uh, Porto and Sporting lost points. Dave, some stats on this game so we could uh, move on. Yeah, uh, I guess I gotta give credit where credit's due. I might have uh, poo pooed on this guy a couple of podcasts ago, but uh, Ramos with his uh, fifth goal of the season, he's now scored four in his uh, last six league matches and uh that that one touch that uh, he had for that goal was uh, a thing of beauty i know we uh kind of ragged on varela there but i uh, got to give credit where credit's due with uh, gonzalo ramos there uh darwin now has 25 goals scored this season 20 in uh, league competition uh has 20 goals in 20 uh league matches uh this year for darwin and the uh, last uh, Benfica player to score 20 goals this early uh, was Jonas who scored uh, 20 goals through Hip-a. 17. So uh, he's on uh, he's on some uh, pace there, our, our boy Darwin. Um, and this is the first time in seven games that Benfica has kept a, a clean sheet. Um, so last game was against uh, Aruka on uh, January 21st there. A whole month of a dirty month. sheets. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the water boy out there. <laughs> no, I, you know, I'm, I was glad that we were able to get a, a clean sheet. Credit to uh, Vlakodimas, of course. Uh, but most of all, it, it's just like you look at you look at games like this and the weekend like this, where both Porto and Sporting lose points, and you're thinking, mother effer, had we won the game against Team XYZ. We could have been Jubi in a much better is. position. That would have been an additional five. Points. Yeah, no. I, look, I, I I watched the the game against uh, the game Juve sent had against Porto over the weekend, and uh, I have to sit there. I, well, I watched it because my wife is a Portista, so uh, she watches the Benfica games, and I watch the Porto games with her. God bless. Um, and I thought that Juve sent did very well playing with ten guys since like the third or fourth Second minute. Minute, yeah. Um. But you know, and, and now it, it makes sense why Benfica would have lost to to Gilles Vicente because they're a decent team and and how fragile Benfica they're first is. Place. Yeah, they're very and they're yeah. ch- they're they're chasing uh, Braga. Yeah, they're having a really good season. Um. Anyway, important to get. I think they've got people. like a, a thirteen point gap there on sixth. Yeah. 
place, the, so they're comfortably in fifth, too. The Cox have shown up. They've turned up. It's always good when the Cox turn up. I don't know about you. Um, anyway, up next, Portimonense. Game happens Saturday at 12 p.m. Dave, does the time go back in Portugal? This Because 12 p.m. is kind of a weird... Uh, I think I, think I know for do. us it's the weekend well, after. Sorry, for us it's 12 p.m. There it's 5 p.m. Usually it's the game start at six. Yeah, but when's that daytime? That daytime spring savings? forward. I don't know. And Portugal is always different than here. We're March 27th uh, in Portugal. Okay, so it's it's not yet. And then us here is March 13th. Yeah. Um. So we gonna. So we're going to be six hours behind. Yeah. Dave, what's uh, what's Portimonense up to these days? We're going to be four four hour difference. We go ahead. Yeah, four hours. Oh, we go Marcos. ahead. Yeah. Fall back, spring <laughs> forward. Uh, Portimonense uh, this season are currently in uh, ninth place with 29 points from seven wins, eight draws, nine losses. Come into this match having drawn uh, their last four and haven't won uh, a match since December 12th, going uh, seven draws and uh, five losses during that spell. Um, they've only picked up two uh, two wins at uh, home uh, this season. Um, but uh, historically here, 36 wins, nine draws, two defeats. And uh, actually, one of those uh, defeats came earlier this season uh -huh. at the Estadio de Luz, the 1-0 uh, uh, result there. Our first loss of the season, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Right, Dave? I think it was Benfica's first loss of the season. Yeah. I think so. No, I, you know. Because um, we played well that game. We deserved to, to win that game. But, yo, credit what, to them. They did was it against Portimonense? Yeah, yeah. We played really well. Is that the one that we couldn't? We just couldn't score? Yes. Yeah, that was the first loss of the season. Yep. Which yeah. opened up the opportunity for much more uh, losses. To, uh, okay. Drop, drop, <laughs> drop, drop. And then all of a sudden, yeah. Yeah, coming into this game, as Dave mentioned, off of uh, four straight uh, draws, haven't won a game since last year. Uh, team that's that's so they're struggling due. here. They're, they're, they're due for a while. <laughs> but they're still uh, in ninth place. Ninth place is not bad. And, but considering that uh, there's not a lot of points to separate the, the eighth place or sixth place through the 18th place, uh, I mean, they're not doing too well. Bunch you, of know, monks all you know who's up. doing well? Your your homeboys, Juan Teixeira, is tearing it up at Famalicão. Famalicão hasn't lost a game since he joined. Yes, he's coming over from they were, they were on They were on. Uh, they were in a cellar. I spoke to him uh, two days prior to his signing, coming back to Portugal, and he's been phenomenal. And that's a kid that uh, I don't know if he's going to spend that much more time in, in Portugal after this uh, fantastic uh, run he's had. He's just coming back to Portugal. Yep. Well, Joãozinho is doing well. I'm happy for him. Good. Um, anyway, what else I we thought, got? I thought you talking about the Juan. Wasn't there a Benfica Juan Teixeira? Yeah, I think so. Right? He went to like Nottingham Forest. Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He even used to like him a lot. I think it was Juan Teixeira too, right? He was supposed to be the uh, the next guy in our midfield there. And then we gave him yeah. the start. In, uh, in no, it, it wasn't Juan Teixeira. I, I know you. Juan Carvalho. Juan Carvalho. But I know who you're talking about. Oh, sorry. He was a guy that we was, uh, he was, he was at one point part of the a team yes played, played and then he game. just he just faded out ended up elsewhere he was a stubble too i believe he came back yeah anyway name. that's all i got christian what do you got you got anything else oh um let, let me just um say and i almost forgot for you guys that uh that haven't checked that out uh christiano and i had the uh, the pleasure of interviewing brian dean oh yeah 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 
uh, Brian Dean, who played at Benfica during the 97-98 team, 97-98 season, and also a little bit of the 98-99 season. Um, British player. It was awesome interviewing him uh, and hearing about uh, his stories. Uh, he tells a funny story, uh, which we ca- we thought it was true, but uh, I wasn't sure it was true, but Cristiano uh, had the balls to ask it, which is um, – was it true that he was he was out one night and he was approached by a fan and the fan told him it's late he's got a game tomorrow go home <laughs> and uh yeah but he was hurt he wasn't playing yeah, anyway brian so told like, us, Bro, i'm not playing what's, what's the difference yeah brian told us that story so check that out yeah, that's check that. go to that's be- that's available on the Befica independent youtube page that's also available on our podcast feed um i just posted so that that was uh, for Befica's anniversary and if you right, speak for portuguese uh, you should go do yourselves a favor if you haven't. Benficaindependent.com. Check that out. There's Lots of good stuff of content there. From Ubrinku, from the man who's at Benfica FM. Uh, I mean, there's so many people to, to, to name here. We did a tremendous job of putting up as much content as possible. Yeah. Check that out. Portuguese and English. Uh, yours truly had the pleasure, uh, Fredo and I, to interview him, Brian Dean. Um, it, was, it was phenomenal. We hope to get you a couple more interviews in the near future as well. But check out Benfica Independent. Yeah. Bro. Do yourselves a favor. Support. This is all news by Benfiquistas. This is no nonsense. Yeah, there's negative because we allow everybody to give their opinion. Negative yeah. or positive, you're Benfiquista. That's the home of all things Benfica. Make sure you check it out and support. There's plenty of content. There's 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 post-game uh, rescaldos, post-game pods. There's modalidades. There's, if you like basketball, if you like tent popping, uh, l- fire f- lighting. Football from Nien. They do everything. Yeah, all campatines. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just we, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal place. Yeah, Nun Picard and, uh, and Peter interviewed uh, Paul Madeira, uh, which was also one of the pieces uh, in, included in the whole day that was if posted yesterday. Then, is the ESPN for Benfica? <laughs> All things Benfica. Check it out. Yeah, no, definitely check that out, man. Uh, we had a lot of fun, and and uh, I'm glad that the opportunity came up um, for us to do that. And Shiano and I are always up for for stuff like that. So awesome, awesome. And trying to um, get Dave, but there's only room for one Oliver. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Next. No, it was good. It was good shit. Um, anyway, that's all I got. Next week, we'll uh, look back at this uh, Portimonense game and we'll look ahead to... Uh, who do we got? Uh, was it, is it Aroca that we have? Or Tondela? I think it's Aroca, Dave, if I'm not mistaken. And then uh, after Vizella. that... Vizela. Vizela, sorry. Vizela and Aroca. It's up north. It's up north. Aroca's right before Porto. Vizela is in Porto, so it's, it's yeah. right there. Vizela and then... Uh, we also got Ajax right around the corner. Was that March 15 or something like that? Yes. Yeah. I think we've mentioned that date a few times. Do we? I forget. Yeah. I um, yeah. That's all I got. Thanks a lot to all the Freddies for checking us out, man. You guys were active in the chat. Appreciate that. Uh, and remember, Cristiano is... Uh... Oh, uh, Cristiano, you want to give us a prediction for the Portimonense game? Where's the game at? Portimão. Oh, it's in Portimão, right? <laughs> Think carefully because people are gonna take some money and bet. Ah, uh, that game. No suspensions, right? Is it gonna be sunny? Does anybody no, I'm joking? And Algarve uh, is always sunny. I'm joking, dude. Um I'm gonna write this. I wanna down. say three one, but I'm gonna go two to one, Benfica. Chris two one two, Benfica. Dave. I'll go three one. 
the uh, the Timo score. I just, I just gave uh, they. Right, so no, the three one is Timo. Don't even try to jump on it. That one is our, our boy Timo. He's always hammering down the three one uh, score line. What the. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna say that we're gonna continue with uh, with the clean sheets. I'm gonna go two nothing for Benfica. Okie doke. There we go. Benfica doesn't Bruno. concede a goal the rest of the season. That's it. Bruno Gil <laughs> Rodriguez says two nothing Benfica. Nelson Carvalho says the Silver says three zero. Uh, Nelson Carvalho two to one. So uh, yeah, yeah, man. Thank you, guys. I think that uh, after uh, the past couple games, I think people are feeling a little up. <laughs> They're feeling a little up. Arlo's happy to see you back. He's predicting two full, full like power. You. Is it full power? Full power. Full power. Two nothing could be full power. Uh, anytime we say victory is full power. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Carlos. All right, everyone. Take care. Love you guys. Stay safe. Yeah. And uh, pray for them people out there, man. Yeah, because... and do it and do a nice gesture on your daily life, man. Make that uh, a goal every day, not just tip the lady at Dunkin' Donuts like Christina likes to do. That shouldn't be a good deed. She's lucky she gets a tip. For for ciao later. Oh, pera aí, pera, pera aí.